Hi, and thank you for joining me on Discovering Your Divine Design. I am Roberta Quimson, and we are going to take a journey into learning all about who God made you to be. Welcome. In today's episode, I will be talking about who your creator is. To fully understand your divine design, you first have to understand your creator. Now, it's very easy to say you have been created by God, but what does that really mean? Who is this God we are speaking of? Well, I have some really exciting news because today's topic is examining the Trinity, all the parts that make up God, and hopefully you will have a better understanding of what it means to be made in God's image. Now, let's dive right in. In Genesis 1, God says, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, to rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock and over all the earth itself and every creature that crawls upon it. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Well, we see the words, make man in our image. In the original Hebrew context, it says make mankind or humankind. So that basically says we are going to make humanity. And then it says in our image which in the ancient text is like in our likeness. And I like where it says our. A lot of people bring this up sometimes. What did, what does it mean when they said, let's make man in our image? Who is the our? That word is used to represent the Trinity. It was a cumulative collection of identity. It's, it's the equivalent in English of our, meaning more than one. But what does this mean? It means you are actually created in the likeness of the Trinity. Now hear me. You are not just created in the image of God, but in the image of the Trinity. That's all the parts that make God, which is God the Father, the Godhead, God the Son, which is Christ, and God the Holy Spirit. So first, please understand, ladies, Being made in the image of our creator means we are made in the image of all the different components of what makes the Trinity. This is where I get really, really excited. The ancient text that is used for God is Yahweh or the Hebrew letters YHWH, which the scribes inserted vowel sounds, Hebrew doesn't really have vowels, and it inserted the vowel sounds to make the Y-H-W-H sound like Yahweh. And in Hebrew, it means to be or to exist. That's why it says in scripture when Moses says, who shall I tell them sent me, I am who I am. It is a verb. It is a I am now, I always was, I always will be. It is existence as a whole. 
What does that mean to us? That means when we reference the Godhead, God the Father, we are not necessarily talking about a man or a male or anything patriarchal. Godhead, the part of the Trinity, is. It, it's just existence. It is. Now, translations have attributed a masculine name to it, and we in America comfortably use he or him. But the truth is, God is as much a man, male, or masculine as your kitchen sink is male or masculine. There's not a gender associated to it. It is just the concept of is, existence. He is referenced throughout scripture as a father, God the Father. But again, that original text in Hebrew is a word that we would akin to provider, leader, head of household. It can be translated to father, but it also does not have to be gender specific. It can be creator, provider, leader. But let's get back to our focus. We are created to bear the likeness. So, the Trinity is made up of two other parts. That is Christ the person who was a man. He lived on this earth and we know he was a man. And the Holy Spirit, which is the Spirit of God, which in Hebrew text is called Ruah. You would pronounce it R-U-A-C-H. Ru-ah. In Hebrew, ruah literally means breathe and breath. It's as if you are breathing in, ru, and breathing out. Ah. Ru. Ah. It is the word of breath. Ruach. And it had a feminine connotation to it. In Zechariah 12.1, it says, This is the word of the Lord concerning Israel, the Lord who stretched out the heavens, who lays the foundation of the earth, and who forms the spirit of man within him, declares. Now, When you read this in the original Hebrew text, the part where it says, who forms the spirit of man, they're using the word ruah, the spirit of man, the breath of humanity. Okay. In Genesis 6, 3, it says, and the Lord said, my spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. This is when God is declaring the average lifespan of humanity, saying that my my spirit will not always be with you. You're only going to be here about 120 years. In the ancient Hebrew text, when it says, my spirit shall not always be with you, the word used is ruach, my breath, my life force. In John 14, 26, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. 
in this context, the Greek or excuse me, Hebrew word that is used is pneuma. Pneuma, like where we get pneumonia. When you have pneumonia, you can't breathe. Again, breath. And the ancient word pneuma is a neutral word with no gender. So it is very fair to say that the concept of the Holy Spirit is breath. It's life-giving. It's air. And it can be genderless or it can be female, but there's nothing about it that connotates male. So let's step back a second. The Bible was translated by men in different languages. And some of those languages limited the ability to encapsulate the true meaning of words. And so we have lost some biblical truths over the years to linguistics. We know there's different types of love. We know there's phalo, ethos, agape. But in English, we just use the word love. Well, the same thing happened with the written Bible because Hebrew and Greek, which were the two original translations, they have different words for different concepts. Let's say three different concepts or three different words, but in the English language, we only had one word for that. Now, my husband is Filipino and his whole family, Filipino, we have big Filipino parties and we go to barbecues. And it's, it's so funny sometimes to see my sons sitting there eating something and the host of the party, who's Filipino, say to me, oh, are they good? Did she eat? And I look at them and I go, did, you mean did he eat? So, oh, yes, yes. Okay, if, if you know any Filipinos, you will hear that sometimes they confuse their he and she all the time. And one day I asked my friend and I said, why, why do you do that? Like, why is there such an issue with he and she? And she said to me, Tagalog, which is the Filipino native language, Tagalog does not have pronouns. We don't have gender in our language. The closest thing in English would be they. In Filipino, we would say, did they eat? Come on, you come eat. But English says, did he eat? Did she eat? And we didn't grow up understanding pronouns or knowing them. So when we learn English as a second language, it's very hard. And it really got me to thinking, because do you know that Hungarian, Finnish, Chinese, Tagalog, which is Filipino, and a whole bunch of other languages don't have gender in them. They don't have things that make a word gender specific. We know, for example, Spanish has a lot of words that are gender specific. It either ends in an A or an O. In English, we have things that are gender specific because cars and machines are usually referred to as hers. And so I'm challenging you to think outside the box change your imagery of the trinity god is not this big bearded old man who looks like dumbledore or gandalf sitting on this giant throne 
Jesus was not light-skinned with blue eyes and long-flowing, medium-colored hair. And the Holy Spirit is, is more like the flow of breath and wind with a femininity about it. Now, when you step back and take this all in, you now can see how you were created in their likeness. You have emotion, empathy, love, anger, life, breath. We feel deeply. We care for others. We are creative. My dear sisters, I pray that you feel a deeper connection to your creator today. You can relate and understand your divine design because you now see all the qualities that you carry, carry the likeness of God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. These new truths can help you read the Bible through a whole new lens. Your relationship with God can deepen and take root when you understand who or what he is and who or what he's not. Being made in the image of God, being made in, as it says in scripture, let us make them in our image. You are able to do and be so much more than you ever imagined. Because what makes you, you is a combination of all things. God is, you exist. It is existence. It is consciousness. It is just being. It is breathing. It is being human. It is so wide and vast. We probably can't really wrap our heads all the way around it. I was thinking just like sometimes in young children's classes when we try and explain the Trinity. One of the very many examples that is used is with water. And you say, look, I can take this cup of water and this is water. This is like Jesus. And now I'm going to put it in the freezer. And then when I come back to get it tomorrow, it's going to be an ice cube. Now it's really the same water, but I can't drink it. It's not water anymore. It is an ice cube. That's like God. God and Jesus. One is an ice cube and one is water, but at their core, they are still the same thing. And then we can take that ice cube and we can put it in a pot and we can boil it up and we know that's going to make steam. And then if we could, let's say, capture that steam like in a balloon for a little while, that steam represents the Holy Spirit until it starts to turn into water again which then also can turn into ice eventually. So it can all change, the ice cube, the steam, and the water, but it all is the same thing, God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And that's how we explain it to children a lot of times. Now, what I think happens as we are trying to take these 
living, breathing, conceptual examples. And then we attribute adjectives to them. For example, their temperature. The ice cube is cold. It's like saying the Holy Spirit is cold. And the steam is really hot. If any of you ever had a steam burn, put your hand over the rice cooker when it's letting off that steam or opened up a pressure cooker too fast, those hurt. Steam is hot. And water room temperature is medium. It's like saying the ice, the water, and the steam are cold, medium, and hot. Okay, we attribute those adjectives to describe the physical state of those things. That's like what happened with saying God the Father is a man and the Holy Spirit is is the spirit form of God, so it must be a man. And we know that Jesus was a man. And we get caught up in that when that's simply a matter of linguistics. Because God the Father is really saying, I am the existence of life and I am your provider. That's what God is. God the Father is existence that provides. The Holy Spirit is breath to be alive. And Jesus was a human man so that as humans we have an equal representation and a relatable manifestation because it is very hard to relate to existence as a provision and it is very hard to relate to breath or wind or spirit so Jesus being human gave us something to actually relate to. I know this can get really deep and I may have lost you a little or this may be amazing and you are super excited to be able to view the Trinity in a whole new way. Whatever it is for you today, I want to end with this. You are a created being. Created by something that loves you and desires a relationship with you and has plans for you. Created to do some amazing, outstanding, abundantly blessed things. More than you could ever dream or imagine. And you have that ability to do those things because you were created in the image of the Trinity, which means you have power, you have life, you have breath. So the next time you may struggle with who am I, why am I here? Or I don't know if I can do this. You need to take a deep ruah 
breath of the spirit. And you need to remind yourself that you were brought into existence by existence. And you are loved. The most powerful emotion of all. Love is like air. We cannot live without it. My sisters, I pray for you today. I pray this message blessed you. And until next week, remember, you have a divine design. Thank you. Friends, thank you so much for joining me today. Remember to like and subscribe. And if you were blessed by today's podcast, feel free to share it with those you know.